Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the great introduction and to our guy Mike Regina for the awesome intro music. As always, we have a special guest today with us. But first, let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? See, I can see the look on your face because I feel like, you know, whenever we have guests, that means I'm going to be nice to you. Nicer than usual. So that's why you got the big smile on your face. I mean, that I'm, is what it is. We I'm, not, have a guest. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about that all day. I was like, this show is going to be great because we have a great guest on first off. Second off, JT's got to be nice because he always has to play that front in front of the guest so he doesn't look like a bad guy. So, And plus, I'm, I'm just not trying to have, you know, people out there thinking I'm an asshole or anything like that. But no, no, I'm actually really excited to have this guest. So why don't we bring him in and let, yes. let everyone uh, know who he is? Yes, sir. So our special guest today is the host of the sports show This Just In. So let me welcome in Justin Marvel. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for your time. How are you today? First, please do not get distracted or confused by the fact that the show is this just in. We do not mean Matt Kellerman's show on ESPN. My lawyers are working on writing something because this show <laughs> is indeed ESPN could care less. I mean, we don't get that many views. Anyhow, but yeah, guys, thank you for having me on. It is a pleasure being working at this for so long jt would tell you that we've been going back and forth trying to get this happen so to be here is just an awesome pleasure um as don told y'all this is uh well we're not exactly a podcast per se we're a live show uh we air every monday night on youtube 7 p.m eastern we do that to avoid all the post editing because we don't really have time for all of that so we're not a podcast I'm just a guy from Barbados in the Caribbean, making my way up here in Wisconsin and trying to battle the damn cold. <laughs> I can I can understand that in terms of battling the cold being from Pittsburgh originally. And check out the live show. It sets you up for Monday night football perfectly. So it's a great show. Uh, so to all of our fans out there, please check it out. You will enjoy it as well as you will enjoy him as a guest today with with his uh, NFL insight. So, Justin, if you're ready, let, let's do this. Please, let's not. No, I'm kidding. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to go to your team, the Green Bay Packers, and, of course, Aaron Rodgers. So, back on November 3rd, he tested, as everyone knows now, tested positive for COVID-19 and missed the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which they ended up losing as Jordan Love uh, started for them. He would return this past Sunday to beat Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, back in August, he had told reporters, though, that he had been immunized. So, Justin, I'm, I'm going to start with you. One, did he lie? 
And two, maybe more importantly, do you think he should have been suspended? So the easy answer to this, of course he liked. If I ask you a direct question and your first word is yes, I don't care what comes after it, whether he wants to trick people with immunized, vaccinated, or whatever word he wanted to use. He lied. And openly. And here's the thing. I actually don't care that he lied. Nor do I care about his immunization status or vaccination status or whatever words Aaron wants to use. It is what came afterwards. Like, let's get into this. Like, Aaron Rodgers wants everything his way. So he wanted to be unvaccinated and still have the liberties of a vaccinated player. And here is, that is my problem. The lying is not a major issue for me because if the NFL is correct, the NFL knew, the Green Bay Packers knew, and most importantly, his teammates knew. So this is basically from media situation. My problem with Aaron comes then, he's picking and choosing which protocols he's going to follow. And then has the audacity, the gall, to quote the great Martin Luther King as a reason why he's avoiding or deciding which protocols he's not going to follow. That's absolute rubbish. As I said on my own show, obviously, shameless plug. I am like, he is not going to allow a scientist, a medical professional to come into his huddle and tell him your offense is not based on football. So then how can he decide that the mass policy for, I want to say, press conferences is not based in science? That's, that's, that's out of place. That like You have no idea. You're not a medical professional. You don't have that luxury. And then on top of it all, he then goes either as a, as a host or he attends a team Halloween party without wearing a mask either. That's as, as, as selfish, as reckless as it can come. But oddly that's, enough, that's him in a nutshell, though. <laughs> I can go on and on about him, but yeah, we'll please, get there. Please, please do, please do, because because if, if you don't know on this show, everybody knows that I am definitely not the biggest Aaron Rodgers cheerleader. I'm loving this right now. So, as a Packers fan, please, please, you know, let us know more about how you feel about. But JT, situation. you know, I am not a fan of his. He is totally arrogant. So I am not a fan of, of Aaron Rodgers. So right. I'll answer the question first. Should he have been suspended? For as angry as I am about him deciding which protocols he's going to follow, for as angry of the mistruths that he spread on, I want to say, Pat McAfee's interview, for as angry as I am for him ignoring his partnership with Prevea, because oddly enough, you would not know, he has a partnership where he's a spokesperson, I want to say, for a medical um, institution. You would not know that. And they are at the forefront of trying to get people vaccinated. I don't think he should have been suspended. I think the NFL did the right thing. Simply because, unfortunately, last season, this set protocol or they set precedent, sorry. And when the Titans had their mass gathering outside of Tennessee or outside the team facility, I think some sort of training they did as a group when they were not allowed to the NFL levied all their fines against the organization itself and did not go after individual players. And to protect themselves from this whole fiasco, they did that with the Saints as well. I think they fined the head coach, I want to say, 
Sean Payton, but not as heavy as they actually find the Saints themselves. And to protect themselves or come up with a loophole, the NFL did see that they were leaving the enforcement of their protocols and rules with regards to COVID-19 to the teens itself. And if that's the case, the Packers time and time again watch Aaron Rodgers go to post-match press conferences or during the week press conferences without masks. They allowed him to go to that Halloween party with the rest of the team, knowing fully well that he was not vaccinated. So the NFL finding the Green Bay Packers $300,000 and only hitting Aaron, I want to say less than $15,000, I, I don't have a problem with because the precedent was already set. And if they went then and suspended him, then you're opening up a can of worms that the NFL PA is going to come after him. Aaron Rodgers, sorry, is going to come after the NFL. That's not going to be a good look. J- JT, how, how do you, what do you feel about not only what Justin said, but your thoughts on, on Aaron Rodgers in this situation? I feel like whenever we have a segment where Aaron Rodgers could be bashed, I'm just going to bring him on. I'm just going to you know, pre-record him. And that's going to be my answer because it's exactly <laughs> how I feel. Um, funny thing is, I'm actually not shocked that he did this because when I thought about it, I'm like, well, who's his best friend? It's Ryan Braun. And this is some shit that Ryan Braun did when he got popped for steroids. You know, it's like he lied. Then when he got caught in the lie, he didn't take responsibility, really. It was more of like, a, oh, okay, I guess I got caught, whatever. And who was the first person to come to his defense? Aaron Rodgers. And it took me a moment to realize, aha, Rodgers would do that because he's like, hey, buddy, I might need you to do that again for me someday. So definitely he picks friends of a feather flock together. But no, I agree with everything you said 100%, Justin. Um, He did lie. (laughs) And, you know, we had to go through this on, on IG whenever we post about this, you know, his status is irrelevant, like you said. But if I ask you a question and your first answer is yes, that's the answer. I believe that's what you're saying. And then for you to use a word that is all but (laughs) synonymous with the content that we're talking about on top of your answer, yes, you're basically telling me, yes, you are whatever I am asking you. So the fact that he said that, that's a lie. Now, should he be suspended? I actually think he should be suspended because for some of the reasons you said, I can definitely remember times I see him, you know, around other players, not wearing a mask, uh, more so for his situation involved around the media you know not wearing masks all the time around them uh you brought up the halloween party uh, as well so i'm pretty sure that that he was not following all the rules that the nfl has for unvaccinated players and it's because he's aaron Rodgers. i know that they weren't following that and i'm even willing to bet some of his teammates didn't even know he wasn't he was um, unvaccinated i'm willing to bet that because i'm pretty sure they wouldn't they might not have gone to that party knowing that he was unvaccinated so um, definitely you should be suspended because that's the that's the level of the law. You break the rule, you get suspended. I mean, there's no way around that. Or they would have stayed, or they would have stayed clear of him, right? I mean, if they knew he was unvaccinated. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's pretty obviously he lied. He actually admitted that he lied. Um after he though. No, because Aaron Rodgers no. admitting that he did something wrong is very rare. Because okay, if, if I'm that sorry, is the case, he said he said he misled people. So to me, he didn't even. Donnie didn't even say he had misled people. Like It was so roundabout. He was like, I am aware my words may have misled people. And if people were misled, then I apologize for that. Like, what? Basically, like, what, what he's saying is, True. I'm sorry. To, without the, the, the trick that I was trying to pull on you, my bad. 
That's that's Aaron Rodgers. Well, we all we all know he lied, right? And I told you before, I I think he's one of the most arrogant people we've seen as far as celebrities or anything. And he thinks he's always the smartest guy in the room when he's really not. But you know what I found interesting and not to get into too much science, cause I'm not a scientist or anything, but you know that. So why are you wearing the glasses? <laughs> cause I can't see well, oh, okay, <laughs> far well, long distance. <laughs> the NFL and NFL PA regular season COVID protocols. Now follow me on this. They allow for an individual to become fully vaccinated via, and I quote here, a quantitative antibody test demonstrating COVID total antibody levels to the spike protein of 100 units per milliliter or greater and a positive antibody test to the COVID nucleocapsid protein in 14 days have passed since the individual received one dose of any COVID vaccine. So basically what that means is you can apply for kind of that exemption status, which is what Rogers did because he received homeopathic treatment from his personal doctor to raise those antibody levels, right? So he asked the NFLPA to review that status, which they did in conjunction with the NFL. And they denied the exemption because he didn't qualify. He never got that one vaccine shot 14 days after, right? So he's not immunized. He lied. We've discussed that. We've come to that conclusion, which is the correct conclusion. So going to the suspension part, now this is where it's not on Rodgers, right? It's either on the team. You're a Green Bay Packers fan, Justin. Do they have the guts to say, you know what? You've not only misled people, you lied to the media, you broke protocols. So yes, you're going to miss the KC game, but we're going to one-up you when you think you're ready for the Seattle game? No. Like, we've got to draw a line. This is life and death stuff, right? This isn't just, ah, he missed a practice because, you know, he was out at the club the night before. This he is life. To be John Wick for a few hours. <laughs> right. Like, this is life and death stuff. So does Green Bay have the, the guts to do it? No, they didn't. And then the NFL obviously doesn't because you know why? Going back to kind of what Justin said, right? They're leaving it up to the teams. You've got to have a stiffer penalty than $14,650 fine. I mean, Justin. He made more than that on draft day. No, he makes that on a three and out in the first quarter of a game, of the first drive of a game on a three and out. Three plays, he probably makes that much. You have, they should have had some sort of protocol, right? Specific consequences. If we catch you in an interview and you're not vaccinated without a mask or it's below your mouth or below your nose, that's your first warning, and that's a game paycheck. The next time we see it, you're suspended again. They have none of those pro protocols in place. And, and you heard me say they denied his exemption. So all those interviews he did without a mask, they knew he should have been fined all along because on top of that, they only fine him now because he tested positive. If he had never tested positive, they would have never fined him because we would have never have known he wasn't vaccinated. So, yes. While we can hate on Aaron Rodgers, which I know we are, he's lying. And like I said, he is so arrogant, it's, it's nauseous to me. But also the NFL has to own up. Either you care or you don't. And obviously they don't because they're trying to protect the stars of the league. 
by keeping them on the field to play. So I mean, but that's what they do for quarterback. I don't regardless. I know, but at least that's within the 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 within the white lines, right? It's it's with it's on the playing field, right? They have certain rules in place to protect those guys. Here, this is life and death stuff off the field, and they're just letting it slide until they get caught. I mean, Alan Lazard also got fined that same amount because I guess he's not vaccinated and he was found out without masks going to that Halloween party. So the NFL has not stepped up. So I don't know if he should have been suspended. All I would have wanted from the NFL is have specific consequences. So everyone's held to the same standards, you know? And I agree, and I agree with that. And that's why it's talked about what happened last season. And I was waiting for an incident like this to occur because when you set precedent by not hitting the players hard, but the organization itself, then you open yourself to situations like these. And he knew that Aaron Rodgers would not be suspended simply because this is what you put in place from last season. Right. And, and so, Justin, on that point, you had hit upon the $300,000 fine to Green Bay. I'm, I'm glad you did because that is what they got fined. Now, do you think that they should have been fined one, but more importantly, is that punishment to the team enough? No, because, again, if the NFL is correct, they did indeed say they are leaving the enforcement of these protocols to the actual teams. And time and time again, Green Bay watched. Because when you look back at last season, again, I keep referring to that. Because that, that's what lawyers will do. They, they'll look back at preceding cases. When you look at the Saints case and the Titans case, these were one-off situations. With Aaron Rodgers, this was press conference after press conference after press conference. So it, clearly, this is a man continually allowed to break protocols. $300,000 is not enough. And I should not be saying this on the show because my dream job would indeed be to work for the Green Bay Packers. But they should, be, they should have been hit with and losing two draft picks. Nothing less. So you're talking because, like bounty gate level of punishment. Yeah, because like Don hit on it. This is life and death that we're talking about. Like, let's take for argument's sake, worst case scenario, Aaron Rodgers as an unvaccinated player, let's say he did a press conference and then after the fact, he tested positive. And somebody, a reporter in that room, contracts it and either falls seriously ill or worse yet dies or sends it or passes it on to a member of his family. Then what? $300,000 looks like a slap on the wrist, right? Right. And like some of the staff members, the coaches, they're older in age, right? They're not as fit as an Aaron Rodgers, a Devontae Adams, an Alan Lazard. So well, they're deep, they're deep. You never know what uh, could happen. The positive for COVID, too. So, I mean, obviously, they're around the organization. Yeah. Exactly. And then for Aaron to see, you know, him wearing a mask in a press conference with people more than six feet away is not based in science just goes to show how much he really thinks that we're stupid because a press conference room is going to be an enclosed area with air conditioning. With That's obviously air that continually circulates among the entire room. So it's easily, even if you're not six feet away from me, if you're more than that, it is very simple for me to spread a virus across a press conference room. It was reckless. And that's why I believe the Green Bay Packers, who knew Aaron Rodgers' Um, vaccination status 
they sat down and allowed him time and time again. They had to be hit the hardest. And $300,000, just not enough. Jane, they might Jane. take away his season tickets, but he might be right. <laughs> not as long as you pay Justin, they won't take away season tickets. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think he's right. I mean, side note, uh, not, to, not to not to feel like Green Bay Packers. I mean, what are you going to do with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you're already in a, a yearly battle with him over smaller things. So, I mean, he's really sticking it to you this year. It's like, hey, look, I, I'm the one that controls all this stuff do things to accommodate me but i agree with you yeah they they should be hit with at minimum a bounty gate level of punishment or uh, anything definitely more than anything the patriots have received on any of their little scandals but um i don't think they got fined enough what about you again because there's no precedent to it it's it's hard to say what's appropriate right should it be draft picks should it be they had to suspend aaron Rodgers? like Basically, what I'm saying is the NFL is passing the buck here to the teams because the NFL doesn't want to have to make that hard decision. But that's why Roger Goodell gets paid minimum $40 million a year. Like, make a decision, right? So, like, I mean, again, NFL knew he wasn't vaccinated. They knew, meaning Green Bay knew that as well. And the NFL not only lets Aaron Rodgers slide all these weeks, they let Green Bay slide by not punishing him through the first eight weeks. So they probably, Mm. though, in the end, they probably, it should have been a stiffer consequence slash punishment to to Green Bay as well. I'm going to say something before we go on to the next topic. I don't want to start a whole other can of worms, but this also has to make you think, how many other quarterbacks that people are kind of on the fence about that aren't vaccinated that this could happen to where it's going to come out? Like, I, if, I, if I'm, you know, NFL fans, you know, if I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers, I'm looking in Tampa Bay too because I know, I know they say that everybody's vaccinated, but Aaron Rodgers just proved that if you're a superstar, they will lie for you. So I, I hope Tom Brady's not in that boat, but we'll see. But it seems like we're already talking all about quarterbacks. So let's talk about some less heralded ones. Uh, in specific, three young, highly touted quarterbacks that came into the league the past couple of years. They've been struggling this season compared to what their expectations have been. So those three quarterbacks in particular are Josh Allen, the Bills, Justin Herbert out with the Chargers, and of course, everybody's favorite punching bag right now, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. So out of those three quarterbacks, which one's struggles are more alarming long term? Justin, I'm going to go to you. No, it depends on how you mean alarming, because like for, like, like the house is on fire and you like, look, we got to get rid of I, like this is not what we signed up for. Because for me, with Baker Mayfield, this should not be a surprise. So I'm going to go there like. And I love Mike Tannenbaum yesterday as much as I try not to quote him. <laughs> you have to you, you have to move on from Baker Mayfield after this season. You just have to. I'm on record as saying this over and over again, because whenever, and they probably won't, but let's for argument's sake, say the Cleveland Browns do get into the playoffs. They will have the worst quarterback in the entire AFC playoff field. And that, that, that goes without saying. You know, Big Ben might be in there too. You know I'm just saying? No, no, no. Oh, well, that's true. All right. The second word. I just want to defend somebody, but the fact that, you know, that he's down there with Big Ben, who at 50 can barely move, that, that's alarming. That's what I mean. 
So, yeah, it's Baker. Like, and I'm tired hearing people say, oh, we shouldn't hold Baker to certain standards. What standards should we be holding him to? Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are not only in his same draft class, but they were drafted behind him. One of them is a unanimous MVP who has a playoff win under his belt already. And the other guy just got paid the second most money by an NFL quarterback in the history of quarterbacking. And on top of that, also has a playoff or two playoff victories. No, like Baker, I think the season in nine games has only nine touchdowns. They want to save four interceptions. This guy is not going to cut it. And when you see like, the success everyone was talking about last season, there's no success. Kevin Stefanski has made life absolutely simple for Baker Mayfield. He's cut the field in half for him, has made it a run first offense, simplified his reads and told him, just don't turn off the football. These reads are simple. Give the ball to Kareem Hunt. Give the ball to Nick Chubb. And pull you out on the back end of these bootlegs or, you know, play action fakes. And you'll just have to read half the field. If you are telling your number one overall pick, your franchise quarterback, I am cutting the field in half for you and simplifying reads. It's not it. And I know he's injured. I'm not going to make light of the left shoulder injury he has. I know that they're missing Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and some other injuries. But isn't that what your quarterback is supposed to be able to do? If you are paying a guy or you're about to pay a guy to be your franchise quarterback, he has to lift your team above adversity. Because in the NFL world, we know injuries are part of the game more so than any other game, or at least in any other American professional sport. So you have to be able to be good enough to lift your team above adversity. And you can't get it done. I said this at the start of the season. I'm sorry for this rant, guys, but that's why I have one more point. I told my friends, you will see what Baker Mayfield is at the end of any game. If the Browns need him to lead a fourth quarter drive to win the game, he's not going to be able to do it because they can no longer run the football. Every single team will know what you're in, what you have to pass the football. And two games showed up. The opener against the Kansas City Chiefs and the game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Both games they lost. Both games, Baker Mayfield at the end of the game had the ball in his hands and could not even get them past the 50-yard lane. Yeah, Justin, I, I agree with you. That was my, my pick also. I looked at it, though, from an individual view, right? Not just by the, stand, by the standard of the team, right? Because it's Baker here because... I think no matter what happens with Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, the next two years or three years or in a year, teams will always take a chance on those two guys because of the limited amount of success that they've had. And at times it's been a really high standard of success. So teams are always going to think that, that he has it in him somewhere. We just got to pull it back out from him. Whereas with Baker, if he struggles the rest of the year, if they don't want to sign, if, meaning the Cleveland Browns don't want to re-sign him or I, I should say sign him to that big contract and he doesn't win another playoff game and they don't go far in the playoffs or they don't even make the playoffs, where does Baker go from here? Like he's going to lose the progressive commercials 
That's one thing. He won't have them. <laughs> he won't get they're they're funny commercials, though. I gotta give it to not, them. Are, those are those are horrible. You don't like them. I so know. dry. Some of them dry. are good. He's Come even on. drier because he's trying to be dry on purpose. <laughs> oh gosh. Some get, of them are just good. Justin. Get, you get agree. That commercial I see to Lamar Justin Jackson. shaking his head though. You agree I, with I, me. I, I give it to the, Lamar. They can oh, go to Lamar, no. but right now it's Baker and they're really good. I mean, and that's what I'm saying, though. Where does Baker go from here? He loses that. He, he, go, he goes to be in Case Keenum. That's what he'll become. And, and that's <laughs> why the long term, like, why is it more alarming? That's the reason right there. He ends up becoming a journeyman where Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, even if it's not in Buffalo and the Chargers, respectively, they will get another starting chance somewhere. Whereas Baker, I'm not really sure. And Baker ran basically ran Odell Beckham out of town, even though Beckham kind of helped his way out to the fancy uh, right? Beckham out of town. But, but that's, another, that's another conversation. Cleveland literally ran him out of town. Cleveland quarterbacks don't get a second chance. Go look at this. They don't get a second chance to start. They'll be journeymen, but they won't get that second chance to be a star. And you look at Josh Allen, regardless of what you're going to say, JT, about his fantasy. I know you're disappointed in his fantasy life. In why, terms you, of why are you trying to hedge my football. argument? You don't even know who I, I I know, but what I'm saying is we've had this uh, conversation before. You're not happy with Josh Allen as a keeper, blah, blah, blah. But he's on pace for the same stats as last year. They may not be as flashy, but Bro, he's just, on the just, same pace. Just send the and, trade offer to my inbox. I feel he, like you're using the show. Justin, to boost he, up some sort he, of trade you're going to send I'm, me. I'm glad Justin you, sees You didn't this. even pick Josh Allen. Why are you talking about Look, I can't even finish my point, Justin. See what I got to deal with all the time. See what I got to deal with. Sneaky. I know you. Ignore me. <laughs> no, you're here. We cannot ignore you. You need to be, you need to bring that calm presence into the room. Hey, listen, Baker, Justin said it before. Baker's touchdowns are down. And, and Justin Herbert, he's on pace for almost the same stats again and actually fewer interceptions. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm kind of freaking out here that my career is on the line. Yeah, I, I didn't want to be the guy to, you know, not go along with the group. As much as I wanted to pick Josh Allen, um, I just couldn't because I feel like I the knew more it. Josh I knew Allen the, the better Josh Allen does, I just hate I just hate it that all that negativity that should go to him goes to Lamar. That's a conversation for a different day. And my gut tells me that the one I should be worried about is Justin Herbert. But it's got to be Baker, and I'll tell you why. A lot of it has to do with everything you guys said, but I will give Baker this little bit of a little bit of credit. It is Kevin Stefanski. You look at every team that Stefanski has called plays for, skill position players, including the quarterback. Anybody that's not a running back has regression in numbers. You forgot Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs played in Minnesota. Same thing with OBJ. Freddie Kitchens first year, thousand yards. Kevin Stefanski comes to town. His dad's calling calling the president of the Browns. So it is Stefanski, but I will say this, why Baker alarms me the most. One is because you guys kind of hit on this. He is the most physically limited out of these three. And also he's the most broken physically and mentally. Like Josh Allen should be the most broken quarterback. He's literally running and getting tackled every play. And Justin Herbert holds onto the ball almost every time too long. But Baker is, is not gifted physically. He's His upside is limited. And I feel that Baker has reached his ceiling already. (laughs) Like, he's already hit the ceiling, and it's a one-floor studio apartment. Like, that's what he is. So I I, I can't – 
say, let me keep my job as a general manager and I'm going to hand this dude $250 million minimum. Like, that's not how you survive. So it's got to be him. Is the one floor studio apartment New York City? No, it's like South Beach. See, I don't want to offend anybody's town, but it's like off of I-10 somewhere. Like, there's no cell service. Like, this is just... Like you getting ripped off by a slumlord. Like he he is a backup quarterback. That's what he's gonna be. But he just doesn't look like a max max contract player to me. So it's gotta be him. So I'm glad we all agreed on Baker. Hey man, look, you gotta got you know maybe like six weeks to turn around, shut us all up. But I don't think it's gonna happen. But let's go to you talked about Odell. But let's talk about a team that just got shut down Monday Night Football. The Rams. Uh, they recently signed OBJ and they traded for Von Miller. However. Those acquisitions resulted in a blowout loss to the 49ers this past Monday night, which I'm pissed about. So I want to get you guys thoughts on the moves the Rams made and will this new collection of stars work out in LA under McVay? Justin, what do you think? I don't know because the only real way to evaluate this is obviously in the playoffs. This is not a regular season move. So I'll leave this to be decided. Am I shocked? No. For two reasons. One, it is basically what Sean McVay is saying is we don't expect players coming out of the draft to be able to contribute or at least, yeah, contribute as much as these players that we're going to bring in. And they have a saying in basketball and football, draft picks are only viable right up until you use them. The moment you use a draft pick, all this value is gone. And I'll show you this. shirt that says that. That's so true. <laughs> That's like a motto for life. Send it to the Dolphins front office. I love all the draft picks, but damn, that just makes me feel bad about everything that we're going to be doing. Yep, because it asks, would you rather have the number two overall pick or would you rather have Zach Wilson? Well, the number two pick. <laughs> exactly. The moment you use a draft pick, all of this value is gone. It loses its luster, right? It loses its luster, right, Justin? Because it's that built-up excitement. We got the number two pick. You know, it's going to yep. turn a franchise. And then when you select that guy, then it's like, all right, uh, anticlimactic now, you know? So for them, right, they're banking. No players in these upcoming drafts are going to be as good as Jalen Ramsey, not as good as Matt Stafford, not as good as Vaughn Miller, even though I have question marks on that. And not as well. They didn't have to give up anything for Odell Beckham Jr. And it's basically the same way the Lakers look at things or LeBron James looks at things. Remember when he was going back home to Cleveland? He didn't even mention, I want to say, Andrew Wiggins. Because he knew that he didn't want Andrew Wiggins and he would not be there. And in his mind, Andrew Wiggins would not be able to contribute immediately like a Kevin Love would. And that's the mentality that Sean McVay has. And I can't evaluate that yet up until these playoffs and next season's playoffs because basically Matt Stafford is there for two years. And I think, yeah, every major player they have, with the exception of Odell Beckham Jr., is there up until like for the next two seasons. So that's when I can evaluate this. And second and most importantly, they're in L.A., and you have to understand the culture. You have to understand the culture. Not only do you have to make a splash with big names, huh? you are competing with other LA teams for basically market share of the fans because there are only so many fans. And 
So look at the Lakers culture. It is the basic same thing. Over the years, they've gotten um, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. That's just the culture. The same thing with the Dodgers. Mookie Betts, um, I'm not sure if Walker Bueller was there before. Max, Max Scherzer. Max, no, that is the culture of LA teams. They're going to bring in major free agents to make a splash because we're in the town of stars. So it doesn't surprise me one bit that this is what the Rams are doing. And I kind of agree because, again, if I have a chance to draft a quarterback or I have a chance to go in Matt Stafford, I'm going to go in Matt Stafford. But these moves are obviously with the intent to win a Super Bowl. And if they don't win it within two seasons, then they can say that wasn't worth it. That's a great second point, Justin. That's why we brought you on the show. That sort of insight. Because it's true. I, I didn't think about it like that is so true. L.A., you got to play up. You have to play up to that entertainment level. Not, not just win, right? You need, to, you need to be the Showtime Lakers, right? Yep. You need to be Magic Kareem James Worthy. So, I, I mean, my thought on all these moves by the Rams – I love it. JT knows I'm a huge McVay fan, but this is why I love it. We finally have a team that says, you know what? We're going all in. We're not trying to tank for a certain player. We're not trying to trade for a certain player to build around them because maybe their trade value is low. We're not, you know, we're not tanking to rebuild. Like, no, we're trying to win right now. And goes to Justin's point. We'd rather have Stafford than the number two overall pick. We'd rather have, you know, um, Jalen Ramsey than the number 10 overall pick. So, and I tell JT this all the time, Justin, defenses nowadays, this isn't the 1970s with my steel curtain defense that can be around 10 years. Defenses nowadays, whether it's because of injuries, offensive guys are faster, bigger, stronger than in the past. I don't know if it's because of the salary cap defenses don't last forever. We saw it with the Denver Broncos, by the way, Von Miller on that team. We've seen it with the Ravens, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jaguars is a perfect example. They didn't win a Super Bowl because they had no offensive help. So, and Aaron Donald's not going to last forever, right? He's already, He's already 30. 30. Yeah. yeah. So it's not going to last forever. Listen, in 2023, they don't have a first round pick but they have a second and third. And by 2024, they'll have all their picks again. Now, granted, coming up this year, 2022, they only have a third, a fifth, and two sevenths. But my whole point is by 2024, you have all your picks again, right? Aaron Donald will be 33-ish. So you figure this year and 2022, you plan on being good anyway. It's like Justin said, this is not a regular season team. This is for the playoffs. So you got to figure you should not be drafting anyway this year coming up or next year in the top 20 anyway. You shouldn't even really be in the top 24. So you should be in the top eight of the league, meaning you're picking 25 to 32. So what's it matter if you have to give up a first for Jalen Ramsey? He's a top 10 guy and you're drafting later. So give that pick up. So to me, it's definitely worth it. Love seeing it. And then the cap hits, right? They still have over $7 million dollars in cap room for this year their core is all signed as justin mentioned and to further show that some of these signings are actually good even with giving up picks odell beckham and, and von miller 
their cap hit combined is the same, almost equal to what the Seahawks cap hit is for Rashad Penny. And that dude has like four carries all year. So to me, the core's in place, the core's in their prime. Donald and Ramsey are signed already. You're going to have $87 million of cap room in 2023 so you can rebuild, right? You don't win in 2021. You don't win it in 2022. You've at least gone all in. Come 2023, you start to rebuild. So the other question is, I think it will work out because they respect and love Sean McVay. And they even got Odell Beckham in the receiver's room. They got him on FaceTime telling him, hey, you've got to come and sign with us. And that's what he did. So those guys want to be there and they're going to play hard for McVay. I would not be surprised if this year or next year they win a Super Bowl. Oh, I hate to be that guy. And it's it's not because and they have, have the offense. I have a and they have the relationship offense. with Sean McVay. This I know has you nothing do. to do with it, but this this really has more to do with the front office. So one, they have to do this because they can't draft for, for to save themselves. Like their 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 top draft pick this this past year, what Tutu Atwell hasn't played at all. But there's like, a lot of teams, JT, that can't but draft. Has, but he hasn't. Play, they haven't drafted well. There's a lot of teams that don't. Was there. There's now, a lot of teams. Miami Dolphins, Cleveland Browns we up until the last couple of years. Right now. We're talking about the Rams. The Dolphins got nothing to do with this. That's the first <laughs> thing. They can't draft, so they have no choice but to do this. Second, why are you guys acting like we haven't seen the Rams do this before? Like, they literally do this all the time. Like, they brought in Dante Fowler and uh, Marcus Peters. Did it work out then? No. <laughs> but, like... They're doing, they just keep doing the same recycled thing, bringing in guys. It's like, well, maybe we can get that last little bit of juice out of them and add them around these two guys that we like, and hopefully it'll work out. It's not going to work out. One, hold on. Ron can Miller, I, can, can I, Miller, can I interject something right there? Cause it goes to that point. JT, did they not make the playoff or they did not make the Super Bowl three years ago? Yeah, but it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't because what? of those players. Like, okay. And lucky. now who would you rather have Ramsey or Peters? I mean, that's not fair. He's hurt. I mean, but it wasn't. It that doesn't it matter. Answer the question. You're telling me you would take Marcus Peters in his prime over Jalen in his prime? I would take Jalen Ramsey. But okay. Exactly like Marcus. And then the next one. Scrub, who are you taking? Who are you taking? Von Miller or Dante Fowler? Da- Vonte, 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 uh, you mean Von Miller now? It doesn't matter. It does matter because that's who they're getting. Like Dante. Fowler is not. Fowler is not terrible. Like you would. You would still take Von Miller now, I'm just not because conv- I'm not convinced Von Von Miller is still that guy. Like he, you actually like need Von Miller be. from like four years ago. But like, he doesn't. But that's the whole thing. He doesn't need to be because he's you got. Mean? They, he's, they, you just said LA is. They expecting Russell Westbrook to walk through this door. Like if Von, if this ain't triple double Von Miller, it ain't shit. Same thing with OBJ. Like, if this ain't Anthony Davis, OBJ, one hand, reach back like one three from New York, if he's not coming in, it won't matter. And I don't think those guys are anywhere close to what they think they're going to get. Yeah, they might they might make some plays, but like, like you said, are they going to take over games in the playoffs? Are you confident OBJ is going to take, off a, take over need, a playoff game? I'm to. not. Are you confident to. that Von but- Miller – they it's don't going to need, take over you're a missing, game. You're missing George the, Kittle just put him on his ass for everyone. You're missing to see the point. Night did football. Antonio like, Brown? Did Antonio Brown ever take over a game last year? No. What he did was score a touchdown in the Super. That's all they need from Odell Beckham. 
Cup is going to first be their all, main first focus. Of all, first of all, I see, I see what you're trying to do here. It's very, it's very, it's very shrewd. That new haircut has changed you a little bit. I like it. I, I might learn to respect you. But here's the thing: you got to realize, Justin. Once Antonio again, look, Brown, no, no respect on this. Antonio show. Brown not playing until late in the season with Tampa Bay had nothing to do with the fact that he was washed. He was just an idiot that got in trouble. He was always going to be a stud no matter where he went. That's why the Raiders signed him but to he be wasn't, the number one guy. But he wasn't the show. He wasn't the show anymore. But it was it, Tom Brady's show. Look, look, look. I'm just saying, Von Miller is not Von Miller anymore. He doesn't need we, to we be. That's my OBJ. whole point. We know OBJ is not OBJ anymore. Baker he doesn't need to that. be. He they needs will. to produce. He needs to produce better than Van Jefferson dropping a touchdown Monday night. Well, I'm throwing that I'm throwing that 49ers game out the window because they were all out of sorts. I think they were really scared because the 49ers were smacking them really hard. So they look they look nervous. So we just gonna throw that that in the box. Now, which brings me to my next question. Will the Rams regret mortgaging the future for this group? And I feel like you guys already gave me your answer. So just go give me the nose and nose. No, because again, like what does the future mean if it's not being in the Super Bowl? This is not Don't touch on it. This is not a team looking to rebuild and start afresh in the draft. Because they can't. Team. They don't know how to do that. Well, and if you don't know how to do that, then do it the other way and just <laughs> mortgage your future. And Thank, you, like, Thank you. If you, if you if know you can't, can't beat them, buy them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if I know I can't develop them, just buy them. So I'm going to say no because, again, it all comes down to McVeigh telling himself the young players that we are going to draft with these draft picks can they come in and make an immediate impact? Because we can't wait five and ten years. We want them no. And for them, they think the answer is no. And if they think the answer is no, then I don't think they'll ever regret mortgaging their future because they're not playing for their future. They're playing for no. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to regret it just because I do think they're going to get a ring. The only way I can see a little bit of buyer's remorse is if they don't even get close to it. Like if they don't even get to an NFC title game, if they don't even make the Super Bowl, if they don't even win a playoff game over the next two years with Matthew Stafford and some of these guys, then I'm sure they're going to look back and be like, what in the world happened? But I still think the same thing that we normally do. But (laughs) what I'm saying is I still think they'll be okay with, you know what? We gave it our best shot. We did what we thought was right at the time. And we're trying to win. We're not trying to be all these other teams. We're trying to win. So I don't think they're going to have that regret. How great is it to be Sean McVay to be like, to go to your boss and be like, I know this didn't work the last time, but I promise we'll, we'll work this but time. But JT, when did it not work under McVay? He took him to a Super Bowl. Todd Gurley was hurt. Like, I don't know what else you want. And he got there with Jared Goff, who you doubted. So either you were wrong with Goff, or you got to give respect to Sean McVay that he got a guy like Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. Sean McVay is my Steve. Get some respect for me, but since since I'm the only person with some reason on this panel right now, I'm gonna go back. How to are you gonna saying. do that to our guest? He's not gonna want to come back. Oh, I love this. Trust me, I am going to come back. I love this matter. I, I I I'm going back to what I was saying before, and you hit on it perfectly. These dudes are old. Vaughn is 32. OBJ is breaking down. Aaron Donald's 30. Matthew Stafford is 34. Let's not act like he's always healthy. And this is what you're this is this is what you're hoping on. So like if if it's not a Super Bowl, then yes, they're gonna regret mortgage in their future. And to me, all joking aside, to me, this is the biggest reason why I think they'll regret doing this other outside of not winning a Super Bowl. 
with all these great acquisitions, they still have not found the way to solve the two biggest things that I think has really kept them from winning the Super Bowl. One, you saw it on Monday night. They're not a physical team. As talented as that defense is, they will run it right down their throat. You should not have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on a team and they not the most physical people on the field. So they still not a physical defense. And also, too, they still can't run the ball consistently. So guess what? You can't play defense against physical teams and you can't run the ball physical. You're not you're not are very low. So they can bring in all these hyped up stars. The fact that they didn't bring in people to solve those two things. That's why I think they're going to regret mortgaging their future on this group. And so I'm glad that you brought up that first point, JT, because here's the thing. I don't think it's a player's um, that's a problem in terms of stopping the run, more so than coaching. And the reason I see that, I've seen it up close and personal now. This is a team that plays too high safety a lot of the time that they're on the field defensively. You are not going to stop any decent running team with two safeties playing far back. That's not going to happen. 100%. And how, and how we knew this, we saw that um, up close and personal in the playoff game that we beat them last season. And I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, okay, everyone thinks the Green Bay Packers are just Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. And I smile because I know we are a very good running team when we commit to that. And time and time again, what we did, we had both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield against. And all Aaron, jo- all Aaron Rodgers decided to do was to sit down and pick out what defense they were in by putting Aaron Jones in motion. And the moment that none of the safeties came down in the box, just ran it right down their throats. Aaron Rodgers didn't win that game for us in the playoffs. It was Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And again, so against San Francisco, it was no surprise to me because all the Rams do play that too high safety look, inviting teams to run on them, and any team that can run football will run right over them. So I understand your, I don't know, trepidation about them not being a physical football team, but I think that comes down to coaching because any team that can run the football, you are not going to stop with a too high safety look. No, I agree. And to my final point before we move on, you guys started this point earlier. Yes, this is what worries me. The Rams are built to play in the stars, not in the mud. And that's where the Super Bowl is won. I will agree with there. I've always said people look at, you know, I want to see star players look at uh, position players. But football in the trenches on either line of scrimmage. And that, that's where football games are won. 100%. <laughs> But you guys are acting like they don't got dogs on both sides of the ball. Well, them dogs was on a leash on Monday night. Because the 49ers are that sort of team. Are they going to face the 49ers in the playoffs? Probably not, better, unless, unless Jimmy God. G turns they, it around. But that's what I'm saying. It, it's not just all right. Styles make styles make fights, right? Okay, styles yeah, make you, fights. You, you can't be so, like, let's just pray we get a soft team. Right. But hold on, Don. To that point the teams that you are going to play in the NFC, the same Green Bay Packers who will run the ball down your throat once you appear in that too high safety look, the Dallas Cowboys who are a very, very good physical running football team. Going to eat. Th- th- that's what I'm seeing. So it's nice to see that you have these players. The Saints, Sean Payton, they're a running team. <laughs> you have to play what is in front of you. And what is it? 
who are willing to run the ball down your throat because you're not going to see Seattle in the we know they don't want to run the football, but Seattle is likely not going to make the playoffs. And you just lost to Green Bay with the same deficiencies. You just can't come back doing the same thing again because Green Bay and Dallas are going to do the same thing over and over again and run the ball down your throat. But there's a lot of differences too, right? The offense is way different. Now, ball control, like that's a different game in Green Bay if they have a little bit – like. Come on, they had Jared Goff. They weren't wait moving. Minute, wait a minute. They you, weren't you, moving the guys, ball. Are you guys splitting the part of this answer? The, the, the Rams are still going to work, right? I I have no doubt it's going to work. All right, all right, I was making sure. It sounded like I, a little doubt there. I don't know what's going on. I up. put up my hands early and said, I will wait to the playoffs. I already said I don't know. You did. Ooh, you did. threw that disclaimer. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a JT move. So, so let's go to, I mean, we're talking about Super Bowl and who's going to win this and who's going to win that. So let's go to, because we're a little bit past halfway here on the NFL schedule, um, I think this is a good time to kind of do like midseason awards here, all right? So we'll go through a list of selections. I'll give the, the category, Justin, you go, then JT, you can go. So this is based on if season ended today, right? If season ended today, who's, who gets this award? Who do you have as the best team right now, Justin? I hate to answer this because it's going to come over like I'm being a homer. But you, you got to. Season, You're on our show. You yeah, got to. And you're wearing a shirt. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, it can't be a single team from the AFC because the moment that someone gets a top seed, with the exception of the Tennessee Titans, they lose. And no one can honestly tell me without Derrick Henry, they think the Tennessee Titans are the best team in football. <sighs> I'm going to have to unfortunately say my own Packers because, you know, outside not, of that. Not the, not the Rams with all those new shiny toys? Well, we'll find out in week 13 or 12 Thank when you. they visit that, Lambeau. You got to be we'll patient, fight. JT. You got to let you gotta let the Rams gel a little bit. Sorry, go ahead, Justin. Oh, you're good, guys. So I like what I'm seeing on the defensive side of football. I will wait until the Minnesota side to find out if we can also stop the run with those two high safety looks I just talked about, because that's why we have become better defensively. But I'm going to have to go to Packers because three future Hall of Fame quarterbacks we played, well, maybe not Kyler Murray, but we played Kyler Murray, we played Patrick Mahomes, and we played Russell Wilson in successive weeks. And they combined for one touchdown, four interceptions, less than a 60% completion percentage and the Packers have the best record in all of football. So I don't want to be a homer, but yeah, my Packers. Woo, you, you almost have me sold. Sign me up almost. Dang. J, JT, who you got? He got to send you a Packers hoodie, man. Damn. <laughs> man, on I the have, campaign I have trail. Two more, I have two more back there. So I, I wear a large. I wear a large, just so you know. <laughs> um, I like that answer, but I got to go with the team that Honestly, it's been shocking me all year. It's the Cardinals. And I feel like the reason they're the best team is because when they're healthy, they're the one team in the NFL that could do it all. They can run. They can pass. They can play defense. They can play the run. Their pass defense, which is usually a weakness, is much better. They could do it all. And healthy, nobody going to want to see them in the playoffs. So that's I don't know team. if they can play the run because when we were with our top three targets and everyone knew that the Green Bay Packers want to run the football. We too ran it right down their throat. 
when did what day of the week did you guys play them? Thursday in their that's, building. That, that's that's the only in- that's the only thing I'll give is those Thursday night games are kind of uh. But you do have a valid point. But I, I I'm still I'm still convinced the Cardinals are the most complete team in football when healthy. Man, no wonder it's 70 degrees in Washington, D.C. in middle of November. Because I agree with you, JT. I got the Cardinals. Uh, Ooh, what, they only, got, t- only took us this long for you to say that. <laughs> they got, like, what, the best record or something? Or they've had it? and They had it. Yeah, they got it now. JT, you hit upon it. When they're healthy and Kyler Murray is in there and D-Hop is in there, Chase Edmonds is in there, right, with James Conner in the backfield at the goal line, I mean – They've looked looked kind of good. So if we're going just until this point, I'm not saying they're going to be the best team at the end, but if we're talking right now, I've got the Cardinals as well. So let's flip it now, Justin. (laughs) I think there's only one team here, but worst team, who do you have? I want to see my NFC North rivals, the Detroit Lions, right? But the thing is I've seen them play so many close games against us, against the Ravens, and I'm missing, like, two more, where they were right there. And, like, if they have anybody but Jared Goff, they probably have, like, three wins by now. So, like, shock y'all and say the Houston Texans. Because I believe that Dan Campbell's going to find a way to win two or three games in the back half. I like what I'm seeing from Detroit in terms of being competitive in all of these games, save a couple even against San Francisco early in the season, when San Fran was like up like four scores, Detroit never quit and found a way to get back. Granted, they also find ways to lose games, but I'm seeing, like, honestly, guys, is there a single positive takeaway from the Houston Texans? The answer is no. Like, I can't say anything positive about that team. And I can find a bunch of things to say about the Lions. I know they haven't won a game. Maybe I'm being kind because they're in my division, but I'm going to shock you and see the Texans. JT? So, so you, you asked, you just asked the question, can you find one positive thing to say about the Texans? I can. They beat the Jaguars, and that's the worst team. The Jags, <laughs> it's funny. We talk, Me and Don talked about this before. The Jags are who, who everybody thought Houston, uh, Houston was going to be, and Houston is who the Jags did thought, who people thought the Jags were going to be. Houston's kind of similar to Detroit where not they don't play as hard, but they're competitive. There's games that they've been in and they've shown upside where I'm like, all right, that's what I expected from the Jaguars because they got this brand new shiny toy in Trevor Lawrence. They got a new coach. We don't know how it's going to go. Like, I thought they were going to be competitive. The Jags you are did? not. I did. I thought the Jags would at least be, comp- at least be competitive. But they're With not. With Urban they, Meyer? Yeah. I mean, I, I had. <laughs> I thought the Texans were going to be the worst team because – they had no quarterback. They had no nothing. All the stars had been chipped off, and the only thing they had was Brandon Cooks. Good luck. The Jags are the worst team in football. Not only are they the least talented roster, they have the worst coach. They look the most incompetent across the board. No game, I think, that they I've watched them play that they're in it. They are the worst team, and it's, like, not even close. Hold on. Can I change my pick to that? Because I agree with that. Like, I, I, I absolutely hate Urban Meyer, but that's another rant for another time. So I want to change my pick to that. Yeah, I'm with him. Hey, we doing this segment every week. If I could just keep y'all to get flipping like this after y'all give y'all answers, I love it. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I haven't flipped at all. When have I flipped? Yeah, come on, come on. I feel it coming. You go flip. No, 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 no. You know why it can't be the Jags? They're two and seven. 
if even if even if Justin was was even if I wanted to agree with Justin, at least he has a better argument. They were one and eight. Justin, you should not have flipped. Don't listen to JT. This is what he does. He sweet talks you. He gives you all this little little tidbits that meant nothing. That division is terrible. Those two teams are meant for each other, meaning Jacksonville and Houston. So they can't be the worst. You know why? Because to to date. Detroit doesn't have a win. Houston has two. Oh, you saw. Oh, I'm sorry. Jacksonville ahead. has two. Jacksonville has two. How could they possibly be the worst team? Detroit is 0-8-1. All right. They have no quarterback and no hope of the future. At least Houston knows they can trade Deshaun for pieces. At least Jacksonville knows they have Trevor Lawrence. Or Trevor that Lawrence, Urban Meyer can just do something stupid and get Trevor, fired. You're right. Of yes, those, they do have hope. It doesn't matter, though. Of those three teams, they have the best quarterback, so they cannot be the worst team. It is Detroit. Name a receiver on Detroit that you would Khalid trust. That Amon you would, Ross St. Brown. That you would trust on your favorite college team. And, JT, you're Amon taking Ross Charles. St. Brown was a beast bro, that you. First, first, of, JT, first of all, I would you're trust taking Charleston Rambo. the Jaguars receiver. No, I would trust them much more. You're taking Charleston Rambo over St. Brown and any of the yeah. other guys that nah, you see know, on the waiver wire in fantasy, all right, of the Detroit Lions. The only oh, thing you, they have oh, move, good – Move on. you just salty because they tied y'all in the, the, the sorry. only thing they the have good is DeAndre Swift. So I agree, Justin, that Campbell is going to get a win. But right now, today, Detroit by far, hands down, is the worst team. So – Sticking with teams, Justin, who is the most surprising team for you halfway through? There's so many, and but I did not see Carolina's defense actually being this good to make them a player. Like if the playoffs were to start today, Carolina is a seventh seed. I yeah. did not see that coming. <laughs> how how good you have gotten to this point with Sam Darnold as your starting quarterback and that's another rant to make it go on and on about Sam Darnold. If you are good enough to be the seventh seed with Sam Darnold as your starter, yeah, that has to be the biggest surprise because no one outside of Carolina would have said, oh, this is a playoff team. JT, I'm going to go. I agree, Justin. Go ahead, JT. That's my team, Carolina. Funny thing is, I actually did tell before the season started in re- as regards to fantasy, but you're you're right. That is a good pick. But I'm going to go a different route. To me, it's the Patriots. And it, <laughs> look how bad this team was last year. See, I, And they, now you throw in a rookie quarterback. They still have no skill position players. Their defense is not as good as it used to be. Everybody thought they were all washed up. Like, everybody thought the Dolphins were going to be much better. They thought the Bills were going to do roll through the division. And everybody thought the Jets would be at least competitive and the Patriots are going to be fourth. Like, now they're – not only are they probably going to make the playoffs, like – does anybody really want to see them in the playoffs? Like they, they, to me, they are the most surprising team. Like Bill is doing Bill things with a rookie quarterback and the replacements. That's what he's doing. But you just it didn't, su- but you just it didn't it. surprise me because first, uh, my so, preseason predictions, I had the Patriots coming second. And, it's, okay. and the, reason, the reason I wasn't surprised is because one, we forget that all of the holdouts, the COVID holdouts that, the Patriots had, I think they had an eight. A lot of them returned. Then they spent a lot of money in the offseason. I mean, granted, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson yeah. Aguilar, that's that's a waste of money. And but Matthew like Judon kill Harry 2.0. <laughs> basically. <laughs> Matthew Judon is an ex 
best money spent in this entire offseason. Say see it again because somebody on this panel said that was going to agent signing. No, I like that. I saw like if Baltimore drafts. Oh, I'm talking about you, player, Yeah, you said that. If don't be Matt, quiet. If, I got to pull up the tape. I don't recall. Definitely remember you saying Judon was going to be the most, the, the sign that they regret the most. I'll, Justin, I'm loving it. Keep going. Now, once ball there and you reach free agency, I think you should just throw money at you. Like they, Baltimore does not drop badly when it comes to defensive players. So I knew Matthew Judon is going to be like a hit for them. And as much as I hated on Matt Jones going number three overall to San Francisco, the moment that Bill Belichick drafted him, I said, uh-oh, we have a problem here. Because if Bill is going to spend a first-round pick on a quarterback, you better believe he's going to be good. And if anyone is going to tell Bill Belichick the truth about an Alabama player, it's going to be Nick Saban. Because the relationship that they have, they are so tight. So Nick is not going to sell him fool's gold on this guy. He's going to be very truthful. And the moment that Bill drafted him, I said, like, you know what? This kid is going to turn out to be good. So sad, so dead. JT, how can you say they're the most surprising when you just said it? Bill Bell, my choice. Bill Belichick. I didn't. Think I didn't think he, you, he actually I, makes really good points. I just didn't think the offense. I think it was the same sorry cast of characters, whether they're new or not, last year. And Cam Newton couldn't do anything. So I'm like, what is a rookie quarterback going to do? Like, I just didn't have high expectations for them. You can say it, but it's incorrect because you said the right thing. Bill is doing Bill things. That's why you should never be surprised with a Bill Belichick team. And they're still in. And I don't care what you say about, yes, the Bills are a little bit better. And the Miami was supposed to be better. Well, and the Jets had, draft. I they're still listen, in the AFC I East. I didn't expect. Period. They're in the AFC East. It's the period. Patriots for me. It's the Patriots for me, man. Damn. It's wrong. It's incorrect. It's all, right. all right. Justin, see, he gets me so irritated. Sorry. You know, no, he just, he I doesn't... absolutely love this. Like, please make sure this is not the last time I'm coming back here because I could live for this. Uh, we, we'd love to have you back on. Trust me. It, it's been fun. Most disappointing team. Who do you have? Anybody at the AFC West. Like, we could start there. Like, if you'd asked me this question two weeks ago, it definitely would have been Kansas City. And unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers does that nonsense and we didn't get to drive the nail even further. But the reality of the situation, and maybe it's because I picked them too high because they were my chick pick to make the AFC or get the Super Bowl out of the AFC, but it's got to be the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you've gone in. I had them as the most balanced roster at the start of the season. You drafted Greg Newsom. You went and got... Uh, Jeremiah Usukoramura, who I thought at the time was the steal of the draft. You add John Johnson. You added another piece to that secondary. You have Miles Garrett, OBJ, and you can go on and on, Jarvis Landry. I knew the quarterback position was the biggest question mark. And all this team has done is disappoint. And I know their injuries, blah, 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 blah. But they're what, 500? It's got to be the Cleveland Browns because you don't do all of this in the offseason to be in the cellar of the AFC North. AT? I agree. It's like you said always, when the Browns have the high expectations, they fold. It's exactly what they're doing. I've got th – that's a really good one. I've got the Seahawks because they're three and six. You have Russell Wilson. Hurt. Well, that plays a part of it, but still, three and six. This is a team that made the playoffs – 
last year. And three and six, though? I mean, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Who wasn't playing? And you have DK Metcalf. You have Lockett. You have a stable of running backs. I mean, to be three and six, and I know it's a really tough division, but people got to sit there and say, maybe this is why Russ wants out. And so to me, it's not the most surprising that they're disappointing. It's just the most disappointing because you like Russ. You, you really like Russ and you thought they would be better. Exactly. But isn't that kind of the common feeling is that everyone likes Russ and you expect a lot out of that Russell Wilson led team and Pete Carroll led them. team. I, I get it. I guess you didn't expect them to have on pace to have the worst defense of all time. And you didn't expect Geno Smith to be leading you in like three or four games. So yeah, yeah. I, that, that could qualify as disappointing. So let's get to the player part of the awards here of the categories. Let's first start. You got to start with offense, even though it should always be defense, but offensive player of the year, Justin, who do you have through this moment? I mean, unfortunately, Derek Henry went and got himself injured because obviously that would be the answer. But when you're a receiver leads, every single receiver in every single major category from catches to yards to targets to touchdowns to, um, I want to say, catches of 20-plus yards. And he's on pace to shatter every single major receiving record. It has to be Cooper Cup. Can we all agree, JT? Or Do you agree? No, I, I do. I do. I agree. I, okay. I actually wanted to say something about Cooper Cup that I thought was crazy. Like, I agree with you. He's on pace to shatter all these records. And one of the things I keep hearing everybody say is, why don't they just cover him? Until I read this. He is seeing double coverage or help on basically 40% of all the routes that he's, that he's running. And of those routes, he's open on 55% of them. So, like, ever see the player where teams are literally trying to stop you and they can't? Like, this is Randy Boss level shit. Like, it's unreal. Like, more respect is because he's just not doing it in a Randy Moss way. Like, everything's not a deep bomb. Like, Literally, everybody's trying to double him, and he's still getting open. Like, so you, you know, saw it on Monday night. So you know what that means, guys? Odell Beckham's about to catch some touchdown passes. I hope I hope, I hope he does. I need those. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, it always comes back to fantasy, Justin, with, always. with JT. It's always about fantasy. This is a fantasy show on the cover, so like, we <laughs> So defensive side of the ball, defensive player of the year. Justin, who you got? Um, right now I'm tossing between Miles Garrett and Trayvon Diggs. The thing is, I don't want to give Miles Garrett because this Cleveland defense of recent has looked so bad. And how bad would it look? I give defensive player of the year on a player on a bad defense. But the Cowboys defense is really not that great. They get a lot of takeaways, and that's why I was not shocked at the loss they had to the Broncos because when your defense relies on a lot of takeaways then when you don't get them, what's going to happen? For right now, like, you're not going to break the sack record and not get defense. I'll give it to Miles Garrett. Mm. JT? I'm going with Diggs. I mean, anytime you're on pace to baby tire break Night Train Lane's record of interceptions, like that's the dude because that's never going to happen again. But the thing is, we're talking right now. Yes, because if Diggs does oh, break oh. the record, of course I mean, he gets but, Diggs, it. but Diggs, what, he has, what, eight or nine interceptions? I mean, that's the defensive player of the year to me. 
But once again, TJ Watt gets no respect because oh, he just like, does. Yeah, you were, no, he has played. You were can, setting me up for a TJ Watt plug. Can, can, I'm, not, you, I'm not arguing. Can you hear you, me I'm out, though? Can you hear me out? Justin just said Garrett, right? Miles Garrett. He is only a half a sack up on TJ Watt, and TJ Watts missed a game and a half. I'm not disagreeing so with you, but per I should have set up coming. TJ Watts per game sack numbers are better than anyone right now. And you saw what happened when he left the Detroit game. What happened? Over 200 rushing yards. And they tied the worst team, the worst team in the NFL. It's TJ Watt. Plus, he's done it for four years. And if I hate saying. they would have played the Jags, they would have won. That's how you know they're the worst team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, TJ Watt, my defensive player of the year and Pittsburgh Steeler. All right. Rookie of the year, Justin. Um I know they have offensive and defensive, but just you got to you got to pick one side, pick one side, and go with it. Rookie of the year. Oh my gosh! Because they love Michael Parsons, so you're robbing me of that pick. But you can pick him still. You can pick him if you think he's yeah. Nah, because Jamar Chase is something special. I got to see that as a Packer watching that Cincinnati game. So I'm gonna go Jamar Chase. Oh, this is officially a fantasy show now. I'm going to go with the not sexy pick, but those dudes over at Pro Football Focus sometimes know what they're talking about. I'm going to go with Rashawn Slater, the tackle uh, for the Chargers. He should have been taken a lot higher than he was, in my opinion. Like, he's played so well. Like, he's been dominant. Like, you hear you hear guys in the NFL talk about, like, how, how good he is already. Like, even our, our own resident NFL player, Kendall, was like, he before the draft, he was like, oh, Rashawn, you see it. So I'm going with that as my uh, rookie of the year. I know he won't get it, but to me, that's what it is. Yeah. So the Micah Parsons, I think we could almost all agree he'd be defensive rookie of the year. Jamar Chase is a really good one. But the thing is, he only has two touchdowns in the past four games. So he's slowing down. Right. And, And we're talking about right now who's the rookie of the year. I'm going to go. Listen, you you were a homer with the Green Bay Packers, Justin. I'm going to be a homer on this award. It's Najee Harris. He's num- He's seventh in rushing. He has no offensive rushing line. He has no <laughs> quarterback. He has no quarterback to get eight men out of the box. They are, the corners are coming down, playing press man as if I'm a receiver because they know Ben can't throw it beyond 10 yards. And they're basically saying, you're not going to be able to run it either. He's still number seven. And how many catches, Justin, does Jamar Chase have? Do you know? This is the one stop. I know I should have researched. That's okay. It came on, but I've got it for you. That's okay. He's got 44 catches. Najee Harris out of the backfield, 44 catches. Now, the yards is a big difference, but you're always going to expect that from a receiver to a running back. He also and, had 19 in the game, so that's not even fair. Because <laughs> I was about to say, is this 44 catches a positive for him, or is that a negative of Ben Roethlisberger? Because I have to say it. That's the situation he's in, though. But that's my but see, (laughs) that's my whole point. He doesn't have a Joe Burrow. He doesn't have a Joe Mixon if he's a receiver, right? Jamar and Jamar Chase has Tyler Boyd on the other side. Like Andy has Higgins. Like there's so many pieces there to cover. Jamar Chase should be doing this as a top ten pick. Najee Harris taken later in the draft. He's got a lot of things against him, and yet, and yet, is still producing 
especially compared to last year, the way the Steelers ran the ball. So I know it's a little bit of a homer pick. I'm not going to deny that a little bit, but <laughs> he's got, he's got six touchdowns. Chase has eight, but again, Chase is slowing down with touchdowns. I think Najee's finally starting to get it going. Offensive lines getting better for the Steelers. All right. The last award is the big one. MVP, Justin, who's your MVP halfway through? Put 10 people in a hot, mix it up and just choose one. But honestly, I will say, and I hate to say this, Tom Brady with a slight edge on Dak Prescott. I hated the last two games that I saw from Brady. And you saw the difference. I mean, Dallas still won without Dak. So I think right now, right, Dallas is so much more complete than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is strange to see given the makeup of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. But the reason I'm going to shift and give it to Tom is that defense is really bad right now. Like They can't get after anyone and the back end with those corners and those safeties. I feel like I can go up there and torch them myself. So You probably could. You and Jamar could put up some serious points. So <laughs> by that fact alone, right, I'm going to give Tom the slight edge on that. Okay. JT? Man, it's what I said at the beginning of the year. I'm sticking with it. Not only is he the most valuable player to his team, but he already won an MVP, and he's on pace to have more rushing yards and more passing yards and score more touchdowns than he did in that season. It's Lamar Jackson. Like, I think people just – don't like the way he plays so much. They don't realize how out of his mind he's playing right now. Like you said, he ran too much. Guess what? He's passing more ever than he has ever in his career. Like, and he's still running at the same clip and they're winning the Dolphins game, but it's gotta be him. Like that is the definition of most valuable players. Lamar. I feel like it's not even close. Before you jump in, Don, I will say this. There is no one player who means more to their team than Lamar Jackson. So let me just put that there, right? And the only reason I don't have him, I cannot look at that loss to Miami and to but there's it? a reason. But there's a reason nobody picked Miami as the worst or the most disappointing team because they're you at least respect their defense. That's a good defense. We played a lot of teams like really competitive this year that like that we lost to like Buffalo, they scored three points in the half. So I'm going to, I'm not going to hold that game against him. It's a Thursday night, but I get where you're coming from on that. I did hold it. And without that Miami game, I would have had Lamar, but my God, that was a bad, bad game. What about Tom Brady against Washington on Sunday? Cause that was a bad game too. Save for like a Mike Evans wide open 40 yard touchdown. <laughs> you make a good point, but it'll still hold. I'm not going to flip flop this thing. Good. Stick oh, to your God. guns, Justin. Oh, You're killing me. You can't. You can't succumb to this guy. You don't let him do it to you. Don't go ahead, let him go do ahead and tell TJ Watson MVP. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got to go back to what you said, JT. There's a reason why we didn't pick the Dolphins. No, you know, there's a reason why they're not the most disappointing and they're not the worst team because we expect that from them. We expect to be disappointed from them. We expect them to be at the bottom. So, yeah, they may not be the worst team because they've at least won two games. Detroit's the worst team. They don't even have a win. To go like back they might to be, – They might be on the bottom, but they were already, already in the bottom, like in everybody's heart anyway. There so, you like, go. There you are. go. All so, right. but JT, at the beginning up, of this segment, who did you say was the best team? Cardinals. Okay. So, best team – 
They lose their star quarterback, and what happens? They finally lose. I mean, it's not even a game against Carolina. So, you know who the MVP is? Not only has he been the best player on the field when he's been out there, he is the most valuable to any team because we've seen it. They go undefeated with him as soon as he leaves against they Carolina. Def- they definitely won a game without him. I'm just okay, saying. Okay, but it doesn't matter. They lost without him. They're 1-1 one one without him. They were 7-0 and oh with him. Like That's not true okay, because we beat sorry, him. 7-1. and one. Him You're, on you're right. You're right. But, but again – just come it, on over to this side, it man. Took, trust. It took a great <laughs> effort. It took a great effort by Green Bay to win that game. It took AJ and, Green forgetting he was playing. And you keep forgetting <laughs> Baltimore is built. It, they were winning Super Bowls before Lamar got there. That's not to take anything away he from is Lamar. to Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown. Le'Veon Bell is Devontae Freeman are the running backs. Like, this not even a conversation. It's like, not to take away from Lamar, but you're you now disrespecting Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. If you put Kyler Murray on the Ravens, no way he has the same success as Lamar. And, I, and I, I'll put everything. How can him. you say that? How can you say Cause that? Because he, he's not built like that. Okay, so you know what would happen, JT? If you're a really good coach, you build the system around Kyler Murray. Just the way the Ravens built it around. If you put Lamar Jackson on Jacksonville. Yeah, does he make them – does he make – If you put Lamar oh, Jackson be, and Casey, they'd probably be undefeated. Really? You think so? I you think really so. think so? Because guess what? Did he, he not lose the game? Did Lamar – did Lamar – He could did, take off if shit breaks down when they're playing that, that shell cover two and they're not giving you the deep shots. Did Lamar not lose the game against the Raiders opening night? Yes, he did. Did Lamar not lose those playoff games – a, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, when Mahomes is getting and winning the Super Bowls. How can you say that? Because he I'm hasn't not taking had it, any help. I'm not taking anything away from Lamar, but give Kyler yeah, Murray no. his respect. This Bro, is just, why just, they brought in Kingsbury. Just, just say Kyler's number one and TJ Watts number two. And then I, w- I, won't, I won't be surprised. Like, that's just right. so disappointing. Like, Kyler Murray has literally one of the most loaded teams when healthy in the NFL. Like, oh. ain't no way around that. He's throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. Why this man is over here throwing to Sam, Sammy Watkins? He's got Chase Edmonds and James Conner running, running whoa, everybody over. Whoa. Oh my God! Look out, Hall of, Hall of Famers, Justin, James Conner and Chase and Edmonds. Oh my they goodness! Were, they were, they wow. were on the street to begin the season. Wow! They oh, were like on the street to begin the season. All his running backs were sitting James, at home eating te- pizza. Technically, James Conner was he had he was a free agent. They That's the way it was. Off season. It doesn't matter. He was still he was still without a team. Yeah. At some point. Cap. Stop the cap. It's All Lamar. Right. Anyway, let's go to everyone's favorite segment, Thank weekend you. Oh man, predictions. You don't want to do weekend predictions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrap this up. You, 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 you got to me. I reached my breaking point. See, this is what happens, Justin. You know, he's he's all excited, and then he, he can't take the heat. So, it's weekend good. predictions. Justin, we're going to talk a little college football and then the pros. So, first, college football you can just name a team. We don't really give an explanation because, let's face it, we're not really good at making predictions anyway. So speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, let me let me pull up the record of three oh, years you now. <laughs> Michigan State at Ohio State. Who you got? Um, I'll go into those little quick. It's hard to win on the road in amateur to win on the road in a division game, and yeah. I can't. I have. I just have to go to the home team. 
I'm going to go Ohio State and get this guy. You can hold me to this by two touchdowns. Ooh. So let, let me say this, Justin. You know, you talk about wanting to come back on the show. We're going to pick seven games here. You've got to go at least four and three to come Keep back on coming. the show. If you don't, you got to have us on your show. If you go less than four and three, you got to have us on your show. All right. uh, I think you'll all be on regardless, but let's go. <laughs> all right. So you've got Ohio State. I won't hold you to the two touchdowns, but I did write it down. JT. Um, I'm going with the $100 million man, Mel Tucker, Michigan State. I've been <laughs> all in all year. I'm going to go Michigan State. I love Kenneth Walker, the way he plays. So uh, I'm going to go Michigan State as well. Arkansas at Alabama. Justin. Bama. Keep it rolling. Bama. Me too. Me too. All right. So, Pac-12 showdown. Oregon. Why are you this on here? You know, you're so salty. <laughs> Why you put this game out? No, this is a big game. Oregon's in the top four. And Utah's ranked. Oregon at Utah. Who you got, Justin? Ooh, I think this may be an upset pick here, but I'm going to give Oregon in a slight yeah, Oregon in a one-score game. Oregon. Okay. JT, I already know. Side note, this 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 game stems from was it 2 years ago we yep. did a college we do a college football show every year. We pick all the all the winners. I picked Utah to go to playoffs, he picked Oregon, so we were back and forth all year. Everybody hated me cuz I picked Utah. I'm picking them again. It's Utah cuz they're healthy this time and they'll win. <laughs> I'm going to pick Utah, and this is the reason why. I looked at the line today, and Vegas, I believe, has them favored. So there's something's going on there. Vegas is telling you Utah is going to win. So yeah, I'm going to go Utah. What's, <laughs> what's that? They're telling you they're the better team. They've always been. <laughs> no, they have not always been. All right, let's go to the NFL. This is the Cam, the Cam game here. Washington football team at Carolina. Carolina. JT? I don't like the way he said it, but he's back. Carolina. <laughs> I'm going to go Carolina as well. Cam is going to get his revenge on uh, Rivera and Washington not signing him earlier. All right, this is a big one. AFC, NFC showdown. Cowboys at Chiefs. Justin? This is easy. Like This is the easiest pick of all of them. And it has to be Cowboys. I don't care what anyone tells me. The Kansas City Chiefs have not solved any problems. And the Dallas Cowboys are going to run right over them. They're going to hit them. Dallas. JT? Disagree. I feel like the Chiefs fixed the one thing that's been holding them back. They signed your boy Melvin Ingram and moved big boy Chris Jones back on the inside where he's where he belongs. And Patrick Mahomes is figuring it out. It's not going to be close. Chiefs going to win this game. I'm going to go Cowboys um, just because I said Chiefs. just Melvin Ingram. I don't know if that's enough, man. The Chiefs, it's not him. It's the, the fact that they had to move Chris Jones no, back. To I understand that. The Chiefs are getting sloppy. And it was great. When sloppy. And what, but throughout consistently sloppy, and that's the problem. We'll see if they can put two good games together. We'll see. Well, two sloppy teams playing. We'll see what happens but I like the Cowboys running game way better than what the Chiefs can do running. Told you, this is a fantasy show at heart, but go ahead. <laughs> Cardinals Cardinals at Seahawks, Justin. Car well, 
if Kyler Murray plays, then I'm going to go with your Cardinals. If not, then Seahawks because they're desperate. Listen, Kyler Murray practiced today. So that's the only info you got. You got to make the pick. I know it's early, but that's what we do. Okay. JT? I think it's going to be a Seahawks. This game is always tough. I'm going to go Seahawks, even though Kyler's the MVP right now. Cardinals are the best team. The Seahawks need it. They can't go three and seven. Russ is going to cook up something with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So your MVP not going to do what it takes? All right, cool. <laughs> I oh, thought next, I could. Oh, next, wait. Next, Lamar next. Jackson did that in Miami? Sorry. What's did next? Lamar Jackson do that in Miami? Yeah, I, I didn't think next? so. I didn't think so. Come on, you're losing the Dolphins. Come on. Last one, the Sunday night showdown, my Steelers at the L.A. Chargers. Justin, this could be the decider. Four and three, three and four. Who you got? This is easy, the Chargers, because, I mean, Ben is not even playing. Like, come on. Like, if you cannot even beat the, the, the winless Detroit Lions that you said is the worst team in all of football, how are you going in L.A. to beat the Chargers? It's Chargers. J.T.? This question is so funny because they they already said they're playing the game plan around Mason Rudolph. And somebody on this show, when Mason Rudolph was drafted, picked him to be the Hall of Fame pick out of the draft. So with that being said, this is the easiest pick. It's the Chargers. I, I don't know what you're talking about there, but what I will say is these are the type of games the Steelers rise to the occasion. I know they don't have T.J. Watt. Have they ever had to rise with Mason Rudolph like this? Uh, yeah, they they have at time. They've had to. The thing is, Mason gets two games now under his belt. You've got Najee Harris, the offensive rookie of the year. All right, you still got Deion. You still have weapons here. Offensive lines getting together. Listen, you said it yourself, Justin Herbert, maybe not playing as well. We're going to see. We're going to see. I'm going to go with my Steelers. I don't doubt them. That I will off. say this. The Chargers can't stop anything that starts with R. They can't stop the run at all. So I do believe that Najee Harris will have a big game. But at some point, Mason Rudolph is going to have to make a big throw or at least make a series of throws. No, he's not going to be able to put up enough points against the Chargers. Ellie in this one. All right. All right. Well, Justin, I've written them down. You go four and three. Love to have you back on. We go, you go less than that. You got to have us on your show live. All right. No, y'all be on. I mean, I know the schedules are hard, but as JT will tell y'all, whenever y'all have the chance, we are on every Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Y'all are more than welcome. I just have to tell you no. Unfortunately, it means y'all have to download Skype, and Skype is some ancient technology. So. <laughs> Well, Justin, tell the fans one last time, too, in addition to the YouTube part, where else they can find you, social media, and and, and connect with you. Well, we are not a podcast, so you're not going to find us on Apple Podcasts or anything like that. You will find us on Instagram, hashtag this just in the IBN one. You can find us there, as JD alluded to, we post every single day. So if you're looking for content, believe if you come on at 11 o'clock Eastern or you come on at 2 o'clock, you will get new content, but we post new content there every day. And as you said, Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, we are live. Awesome. Well, Justin, thank you very much for joining us in your time. That was great. In all honesty, we'd love to have you back. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And you bring a lot of great insight. Um, 
to the to the show. No, the pleasure was the pleasure is all mine. I can't wait to come back and get this chemistry going again, especially after your Steelers lose. But I won't rub, I won't rub that one. Wow. See, I can tell Justin's getting comfortable now because now he's starting to take shots at, at me and my Steelers. I see. I like it though. I like it though. <laughs> well, JT. Great episode as always. And to the fans and listeners out there, thank you as always for listening to us. We couldn't do it without you. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. Also, you can find us on Social media, our handle, JT and the Don. That's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So, JT, as always, great show, man. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.